Thank you, Alex and Paul. I mean, this, uh, this is kind of a unique experience. Uh, like I told the guys here, um, you have an on and off switch, so it's up to you. If you're done before I am, you know, just go ahead. But please, if you would, bear with me. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about my favorite Bible character. And if you haven't guessed it already, it would be Peter. And when we look at the life of Peter, I'm going to take kind of an overall broad view of, of what Peter experienced. And, uh, and uh, we see here in the passage that Paul read for us, we've got fishing going on, we've got boats. Uh, this, this, all, this, this sounds like a bunch of guys I could hang out with. And uh, so anyway, as we go through what Paul read for us, uh, we can see Peter, even in this incident, his first or second meeting with Jesus, he's already having some ups and downs. We'll see in Peter's life that he has a lot of victories. He also has a lot of failures. And this all sounds pretty familiar. We all go through life. We got some pretty good high spots, but we hit some pretty nasty lows too. And yet we'll see that the Lord, Lord's hand is in it. When we first open this passage in, uh, in Luke chapter 5 and verse 1 and 1 through 3, we see Peter's at work. He's worked all night. And now he's getting his equipment ready for the next day. And uh, I just kind of title this whole thing, What Happens When a Regular Guy Meets the Savior? He's a working man. And, and he has partners. Uh, they're running a business, apparently. And as we go through, uh, we see that uh, he was willing to be a helper. He let... Paul introduced us to a, a need that's out there. Here we have Jesus. Hey, can I borrow your boat? Peter said, yeah, sure. So they push out from shore a little bit. And in the process, Peter is kind of sitting there. He gets to listen to Jesus teach. We're not told what Jesus was saying or teaching here, but we know that Peter was there listening and, uh, and kind of at the end of Jesus' teaching, of course, we can read, it's, it's very plain that Jesus said, well, push out a little deeper and throw out your net, catch some fish. And of course, Peter's the professional. This is how he makes his living. He's been out there all night and caught nothing. Uh, you know, I, I can sense the argument there that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm the pro. You, you don't know. Uh, you haven't been fishing. You know, I mean, I can, I can see the tension that's there. And yet, reluctantly, he goes out there and they catch all these fish. And, uh, uh, and in, we see there, when we get down to verse 8 and 9, that Peter, Peter is, is humbled by the experience. And... Uh, I think there he realizes that this Jesus is somebody special. This isn't usual. 
And Peter is humbled by that. And of course, it impresses the partners too. Uh, James and John tells us. And, uh, and then Jesus tells Peter, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And to me, that tells me that, yeah, the fishing was real good on that day. But following Jesus is going to be even better. And uh, so we see here that Peter and James and John leave everything to follow Jesus. As we go on in Peter's life, I'm not going to go over everything. <laughs> I mean, uh, but just a quick overview of some of the things that Peter saw. Just bear in mind, put yourself in Peter's shoes. These are things you you saw and experienced, not only the catching of all the fish, but the things up ahead. The first thing I thought of was the transfiguration. And uh, what, a, what an awesome thing that was to be with Jesus at that time. But you know what? Peter had one of his failures there. He fell asleep when he was supposed to be praying. That's happened to me. Paying attention for any length of time. I have, I think I have attention deficit disorder sometimes. It just praying for a long period of time is hard to do. But Peter fell asleep when he should have been praying. And then when he woke up, then he spoke without thinking. And, and uh, you can turn and read that. He also saw 5,000 fed out of little of nothing. He was there. Saw 12 baskets of leftovers. He was out on the lake once again in the boat. Storm comes up. Scary situation. They thought they were going to drown. But Jesus calmed the sea. Uh, Peter was there. Peter also walked on water. So often we look at Peter did fail there. He took his eyes off Jesus and started to sink. But Peter walked on water. How, how awesome of an experience was that? in Peter's life. What a high point. Yeah, he sank. That was a failure. But Jesus was right there to rescue him. Later on, another high point, high point we read in Matthew 16, verse 16, Jesus asked the disciples, Who do men say that I am? And it was Peter who said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. What a high point that was for Peter. We know another thing about Peter, that he had a wife, his mother-in-law was sick, and Jesus healed her. He was sent out to preach. Peter had to go out and preach. Just a, a rookie. I, I can identify with that one, too, this morning. Uh, this isn't my usual experience, but we'll do, do the best we can. Peter saw Lazarus raised from the dead. And then we can go on and on to several other miracles that Peter was there to actually see and experience. Some other things that happened to Peter. The experience in the Garden of Gethsemane. Once again, Peter was sleeping when he was supposed to be praying. At Jesus' arrest, he cut off a man's ear with a sword. Failed in his physical strength to defend 
the Lord there. And Jesus kind of rescued him, I think. He could have been, Peter could have been arrested for assault. But Jesus healed the man's ear. Peter denied the Lord at Jesus' trial. Denied he even knew him. He'd been three years with him, denied him. And then when it says that Peter wept bitterly. He had a total emotional breakdown. I can imagine he felt so worthless that it would just rock bottom for him. Peter also saw the empty tomb. Not only just saw the tomb, it says that Peter went right inside and saw that it was empty. When the other disciples saw the risen Lord, Jesus said, be sure you tell Peter. There's Jesus reaching out to Peter, who's a broken man at this point. Be sure you tell Peter to meet me in Galilee. And then Peter saw the risen Savior. <clears throat> Peter also saw Jesus go up into heaven. At Pentecost, spirit-filled speaking through Peter, 3,000 people believed. What a victory. What a high point. But Peter also had trouble accepting the Gentile believers. We see that with the incident with Cornelius. Paul calls him out in Galatians for his not accepting Gentile believers. But here's the key in all of that. The Lord always picked him up after failure. You research it every time. The Lord was there to pick him up. These different incidents, just, he fished all night, and yet it was the Lord who brought about a great catch. He walked on water and sank. It was the Lord who reached out and rescued him. Cut off that guy's ear. It was the Lord who healed that man's ear and actually rescued Peter from any uh, charges against him. The trial denied that failure there was terrible. And yet our Lord reached out. Be sure you tell Peter that I'm alive. <clears throat> and so we can go we can go on quite a bit, but we see also in in Acts 4:13, by man's standards, Peter and some of the other disciples were called uneducated. They were just common guys. And yet, by God's power, through the Holy Spirit, they were productive for God's purposes. And after all these experiences, we want to pay especially close attention to what Peter had to say at the end of his life. And if you have a Bible and, and are following along, if we go to 2 Peter, Verses 1, 1 through 11. I'll read those to us. And uh, you can follow along as I read. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. This is Peter speaking after all of these lifelong experiences that he had had. 
This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you who share the same precious faith we have, faith given to us by Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, who makes us right with God. May God bless you with his, his special favor and wonderful peace as you come to know Jesus, our God and Lord, better and better. As we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness. And by that same mighty power, he has given all of his rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that you will escape the decadence all around you caused by evil desires and that you will share in his divine nature. So make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. Then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. A life of moral excellence leads to knowing God better. Knowing God leads to self-control. Self-control leads to patient endurance. And patient endurance leads to godliness. Godliness leads to love for other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you will become productive and useful in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop these virtues are blind, or at least they're short-sighted. They have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Doing this, you will never stumble or fall away. And God will open wide the gates of heaven for you to enter into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> what a statement of faith after a life of a lot of ups and downs. And yet Peter could find that God was faithful. Let's look at a little bit closer at these verses. Notice in verses 1 and 2 that this rough old fisherman calls his faith precious. Something precious has great value. Faith in Christ has great value. And Peter recognized that. We can have that same faith, it tells us. And notice the confidence there, that you can be right with God. You can know that. Peter knew that. He knew he was right with God, even though he had failures in his life. He knew he could have that confidence. And also, you can know him better and better as life goes along, as Peter's life went along, he knew the Lord better and better. He found the Lord to be faithful, even in those moments of failure. <clears throat> when we look down in verse 4 here, uh, that same mighty power, he's given us all his rich and wonderful promises. Uh, oh, let me back up verse 3. There's one other item we want to make special note of. God provides everything you need to live a godly life. Isn't that awesome? It's not up to us. 
We're going to fail just like Peter failed. But it tells us there in verse 3, Peter says, As we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. And then down in verse 4, it talks about, uh, we see three things that come up there. I think of power. In 1 John 1 12, it tells us, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We also see there's mention made of promise. The first promise I think of so important is John 3.16 that we've probably most of us have learned. And it goes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Everlasting life promised. And then notice another thing there escaping um, just escaping the decadence all around us the living translation words it and I think of 2 Corinthians 5 17 if any man be in Christ he is a new creation old things are passed away and behold all things are become new Peter experienced that changed life he escaped that world, that world he was working in that was half of the time a failure. He didn't catch any fish. And all of a sudden, with the Lord in his life, he turned into someone entirely new, a spirit-filled life that, uh, that the Lord really encouraged him. In verses 5 through 8 in, in the Second Peter passage, we see um, make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. That's Peter encouraging us to strengthen our faith. Make every effort. Be willing to apply these things to your life. It's our faith in Christ that will grow as we become more familiar with the Savior and, and look into the things he's teaching us in his word. And you will see in your own life, you'll see growth and maturity. We see it in Peter's life, all the things he experienced. You even see a, a lifestyle change. He became useful and fruitful. He was productive for God's kingdom. In verse 9 in this passage, we get kind of a warning. It says, those who fail to develop these virtues are blind, or at least very short-sighted. They have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. Let's not forget what God has done for us. Let's be reminded of that. And then in verses 10 and 11 here, we we see a lot of encouragement. At least it encourages me to see that so dear brothers and sisters work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Doing this, you will never stumble or fall away. 
And God will open wide the gates of heaven for you to enter into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to cheer each other on, to encourage one another. There are eternal rewards ahead. There's something to look forward to. We need to cheer each other on in that, encourage one another. We're all going to have our failures. We'll have our high points. But let's encourage one another to, to uh, get along in our, our, our faith and in our following of the Savior. And then lastly with Peter here, look at the next few verses in 2 Peter chapter 1 here, verses 12 through 15. And uh, Peter says, I plan to keep on reminding you of these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth. Yes, I believe I should keep on reminding you of these things as long as I live. But the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that my days here on earth are numbered and I am soon to die. So I will work hard to make these things clear to you. I want you to remember that long after I'm gone. Just, he gives the reader here a friendly reminder. Even if you already know these things. I've done a lot of talking, a lot of reviewing today about Peter. You probably all already know many of these stories you've heard from Sunday school days as a child on. So it's it's old, it's repetitious. And uh, Peter says, I'm going to keep reminding you of these things so that you don't forget what, a, what a, a, a great, precious faith we have and that there are eternal rewards. I'm going to keep reminding you of those things. We need to remind each other as we go along. We encourage one another. And we need each other's encouragement to stand strong in our own faith. And uh, Peter saw this as his duty at the end of his life to keep on reminding them even at the risk of being repetitious. So may I urge you this as we come down toward the end here in this Memorial Day weekend. Make this day, today, a day to remember. You too can have Peter's precious faith. And by deciding now to leave all and follow the Savior, you can begin right where you are. You may be driving a truck. You might be farming. You might be who knows what, whatever occupations you, we have out there. You can start right where you're at. Peter started while he was mending his nets, getting ready for the next day's work. You can start right now. Uh, and uh, and uh, we see that Peter had a lot of failures. He was human. He was, he had a lot of the same experiences we do, really. And, uh, and we, we know we're all sinners. And yet, 
we read in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is the best thing we can do in these uncertain times we find ourselves in. Trust the Lord and watch your life change as you follow the Savior. It's all a growing experience. In my own life, I see the same, same thing. I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was eight years old at Bible camp. And I had, I've had rebellious streaks. I've had ups and downs. I got kicked out of gym class when I was in junior high. This all, all the ups and downs we, we see. But the Lord is always there. The Lord is always faithful. His word is always there for us. And we see it's all a growing experience on this journey of life. My best advice is to study and read the scripture, be in the scripture every day, wherever you're at in your journey. And it will strengthen your faith and keep you well-grounded and stable in these troublesome times. Um, God will provide all you need to grow and you will walk as you walk with the Savior and accept his free salvation today. And then, like Peter was a regular guy who came in contact with the Savior, we can be just regular people coming in contact with the Savior. And so, the very last words of what Peter has to say, I think, is very appropriate. This was his final word of encouragement it says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forevermore. Amen.